Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of To The Point Podcast. Happy holidays. Obviously, this is Christmas Eve and uh, exciting times. Obviously, hope you all have a great uh, time with your families. Before that, I want to come on here and talk about the best tournament in the world. You know, there are a lot of great tournaments throughout the year. The one that comes to mind right away for me is the NCAA March Madness. You know, it starts on a Thursday with 64 teams and you battle all the way down to you get to the final two. And it's a grind and it's long. And I think it's tough, but the best tournament for me is the world juniors because you're seeing raw players make mistakes in key moments, but also achieve so much, you know, winning this tournament, you're playing with these, with these players for such a short finite amount of time that you got, you become so close. We've seen over the years, you know, Jordan, whether it's Fanuf and Crosby winning, you know, uh, those just teams that seem to gel well together and they stay close to the rest of their careers. I think of Ryan Ellis and Taylor Hall, they, they remain very close to world junior all-stars in my, for team Canada, but the world juniors are just special. It means Christmas to me. It, it it's, and this year, for the first time ever, it starts tomorrow, Christmas Day. Canada will play on Boxing Day like they normally do. But you'll see uh, tomorrow, Russia against the United States. A great matchup. And the World Juniors, just, you know, we've had a tough 2020 with COVID, you know, all that bullshit, wearing a mask, you know, what have you, seeing people die, you know, across the world. But the World Juniors, you can stay home be with your family and just watch young future NHL stars and some busts, some that you'll never hear from again, do what they look, do what they love to do. And it's just a really special thing that, that happens every year. And I'm, I'm very excited for it. And in this season, in particular, in this year in particular, Canada comes in off winning a gold medal last year in 2019 defeating the Russians in a really one of the classic gold medal games coming from two goals down in the third period behind a great uh, goaltending from uh, Joel Hofer and Nico Dawes and uh, a goal from Akil Thomas, the 13th forward, the second time in three gold medals in the past three gold medals that a 13th forward has scored the game-winning goal. Tyler Steenburgen scored the game-winning goal in 2017, 2018 sorry, against the Swedes. And this year... Team Canada is featuring a ton of talent. 20 of their 25 player roster are first round picks. And I thought I'd start off the podcast by just introducing you to the players and just the lineup. They played last night. They beat the Russians one to nothing. I'll go over the big, um, when I get to the player, I'll go over the big headlines of the game last night, but I'll just give you a little tease of what you can expect from these players. So First, we got Jack Quinn on the first line. He's a first uh, first round pick of the Buffalo Savers in this past draft, the 2020 draft. He's quick. I'd say he's more of a thought. You know, he plays more. He's got a good hockey IQ. Um, he's he's gonna. I think he's gonna be a good NHLer. And this team, I think you're gonna see a lot of moving parts when it comes to their lineup. Um, obviously, uh, Andre Turney, the head coach, who's currently coaching the Ottawa 67s. He, he'll be changing his lineup constantly. I think we've seen that a lot. Dominic Ducharme was famous for it when they won the gold medal um, two years ago. But it's it, it, Jack Quinn is a solid player. I think he'll he, he's going to start in the first line and a good start. Uh, at center of that line, returning Dylan Cousins. He's also a first-round pick of the Buffalo Sabres. Went ninth overall. He actually started the year last year with Buffalo, played two games, that was sent back to junior. He's really an X factor for two reasons. One, he's a returning player last night. You know, the team looked really rusty last night. You know, 95% of the team hasn't played since March. So that's going to happen. I think the Euros have a bit of an advantage off the, just off the hop because a lot of, you know, the Russians have been playing most of them this whole season, but Dylan cousins is another player. That's going to be very critical because the right winger on the line, Kirby Doc, the team captains, the team, uh, team Canada's captain, sorry, broke his wrist last night. Well, they haven't said he broke his wrist, but that's my, that's what I'm thinking. He kind of, he went in to hit a guy. His arm was kind of stuck under him. 
and he went straight to the dressing room. He got x-rays after the game more today, and Bob McKenzie reported that he's done for the tournament. It's a tough, tough break for Canada because he was by far the best player last night, and he would have won tournament MVP, in my opinion. He's played the entire year last year in the NHL. He only had 23 points. But in the bubble in the playoffs, we saw a real coming out party from him. He had six points in nine playoff games. He's a a dominant player, a high-end skill, a good finisher, but also can really feed, uh, pass the puck really well. He's a massive loss that I can't really even quantify right now because I still think Canada has the team to win the gold medal. But it really, really hurts them. You know, they're too funny enough. They had one, they have one scratch because they have too many forwards. But now he'll draw in because they dressed thirteen forwards last night with him out. They'll be able to dress all their forwards they have available. Philip Tomasino, who's also he was the healthy scratch. He's a first round pick, healthy scratch on this team. They don't have a forward that's not a first round pick. That's, you know, it, it's pretty crazy, but. Kirby, Kirby's a huge loss. He's going to miss time when the NHL season starts too. So it's a tough break for Chicago. He kind of convinced the team to let him come to the world juniors. So obviously he wanted to have that opportunity to, to put on, you know, our great crest and play for our country, but he's out. It's a huge loss. I think we'll see it early on if it really affects him when, you know, they play the Germans, the Swiss and the Slovaks, when they play Finland, that'll be the real test, but just his leadership and his experience will definitely hurt um, this team, but we'll have to I'll, we'll have to see what happens with him. But a huge loss. The next line, which is kind of the, it started off as the third line in practice, but it's since been promoted. I think it'll be the shutdown line against the opposing team's top players. But we have Dylan Holloway. He's an NCAA player at BC Boston College. He's a first round pick of Edmonton, so he's actually playing in his home building now. Um, Again, a really solid player. I think he's a, he's going to be a goal scorer in this tournament. He's playing with another one on the right wing in Jakob Bittier, who can also play center. Uh, he's formerly the Moncton Wildcats, first-round pick of the uh, Calgary Flames, currently playing in Valdor. But he's – we uh, me and Craig Eagles talked about him on an earlier podcast. But Jakob just knows the game really well. Uh, he can play that shutdown role because he's, he's very defensive-minded, but he can also score last night – he uh, rang one off the post. That line was one of the best lines. He got really good opportunities. And that line centered by Alex Newhook, also going to Boston College. He was uh, he tried out for the team last year, was cut. Peltier was also a player that I think he would have made the team, but he was injured during camp, forced to miss the tournament. So he kind of knows what Kirby Doc is going through right now. But um, Newhook, just a, another a player that brings – a different dynamic. He can be physical if you need him to very aware of where he is on the ice and what needs to happen, you know, when to take a risk, when not to take a risk. And I expect this line of Holloway, Newhook and Pietier to be the line to shut down the opposing team's top players. They played against Russia's top line last night. Obviously Russia didn't score a goal in the game, you know, and then any, you know, one, nothing lost. So they did their job. The third line really has a, as a mix of skill and then a lot of um, defensive minded players. So it starts with Cole Perfetti on the left wing, first round pick of Winnipeg in this past draft. He tried out for the team last year as well. And he got cut and it came as a little bit of a surprise. Not really to me. I think a lot of people saw this Cole Perfetti playing at Saginaw. He's having really good numbers. He kind of reminds me of a Ray Ferraro who, who tried out for the world juniors and he didn't make the team. And he, had, he already had uh, 50 goals by uh, – he had over 50 goals by, the, by uh, Christmas that year where he was trying out for the juniors. He finished the season with 108, which is still the Western Hockey League record. But Perfetti went back to Saginaw and got um, over 70 points the remainder of the season. He just lit up the WHL. And he's he's a skill, skill player. You know, he's, he's not big. He's a little small, but – He's got, he's kind of like Cole Caulfield of Team USA, where he's going to be a sniper. And if you give him too much room, he's got the shot that's going to kill some goalies. So defense are really going to have to be wary of him. And Perfetti's always a threat when he's on the ice. He, he's good at finding open space and uh, he's never afraid to shoot the puck. 
His center on that line is Connor McMichael. He's another returning player. He had an okay tournament last year. I think they expected a little bit more from him. He comes into this tournament as a 19-year-old, a year older. He had a good season after returning um, to the OHL. And he's a third-line center here, and I think he'll have a good tournament, especially with Kirby Docko. You know, players are going to have to step up. And even Craig Button mentioned it on the telecast last night that McMichael is is a player that he's looking at someone that could step up. And I agree with him there. I think McMichael is a player that's going to have to show what he can do here. He's a returning player. He's, you know, and is it, you know, it's an under 20 tournament. So 19 year olds, it's on you, you know, get your ass out there and play. He's one that I think can, I don't think he'll move up the lineup just because the two centers above him are pretty lock solid, but I think this line can get some more offensive ice time as the tournament goes on. And then finishing up that line is Peyton Krebs. He's a first-rounder of Vegas, and he's – I really like Peyton Krebs a lot. I, I remember watching him in his, in his draft year, and I thought this kid was sick. Uh, he's he's just – he's got a little bit of everything in his game. He He's a player that I would take on my team any day of the week. Just to make a small comparison, I would say he's got a little bit of – he's got Vinny LeCavalier's finish with Martin San Luis – work ethic. And what I mean by that is Vinny LeCavier is famous for kind of dogging it in the gym, dogging it when it comes to his fitness. Martin Saint-Louis, he had to work for everything he got. He came into the league as a small player, you know, finished as a small player. He had to gut out everything he got in the league. He had to earn it. And Peyton Krebs, although he's a taller 6'1", he, he goes out there and tries to earn it every shift. And I think he's going to really appreciate the opportunity to play for Team Canada and I expect him to have a good tournament. Now on the fourth line, Connor Zary, uh, this round, uh, 2020 first round pick of the Calgary Flames. Again, like I said, the fourth line, all first round picks. So this is how deep Team Canada is. Not one forward, I'm going to reiterate this, not one forward is not a first round pick. That includes their scratch. So, you know, this this team is loaded. They have five players that are not first round picks, and three of them are their three goaltenders. So it's really, it's really crazy how much talent this team has. Their fourth line center is Quentin Byfield. He went second overall in the 2020 draft to the LA Kings. He played last year as an underager. He really didn't play much. He was, he turned out to be the 12th forward. Uh, you know, Kill Thomas didn't get a lot of ice time, but he really wasn't a factor in the tournament. And even this year, you'd say, well, he's second overall pick, but the players above him are 19 and, you know, still playing better, but Byfield had a hell of a game last night. Uh, he's gained uh, 12 pounds of muscle since, uh, the, since March, he looks at, he's a big guy and he's, he, he's going to finish checks. That fourth line role will work for him, but I think he can be an offensive threat as well. Bringing the puck to the net uh, for Canada, getting those dirty goals. I think he can excel at that. And he's, I'm going to name some X factors for Canada as I get to them. And he's one of them. Quentin Byfield is one of my X factors. He he's playing a fourth line role right now. I think he can move up and play wing if they need him to, or they can move like a, I look at Connor McMichael, move him to the wing, play him with, um, uh, with uh, Perfetti and Byfield when it comes down to later in games. But Quentin Byfield, he went second overall behind Alexi Lafreniere. It was a big gap when it comes to selections but I think he can have a great NHL career he's got the body for it he's got the hockey IQ and I think Ali's got a good pick and Team Canada if they use him correctly I think he can have a big impact on this tournament and finally the last uh, the 12 forward is Dawson Mercer so he it's a first round pick um, again he's, he's actually a returning player we mentioned him He's from Newfoundland. He's first round pick in New Jersey. He kind of looked like he was not going to be used in the in the top twelve. They since inserted him onto the fourth line. He's got skill, but what I really like about him at this tournament, you need players to adapt to roles. We see this at the Olympics, and Dawson Mercer's not going to be a player who's afraid to play a checking role for this team. He's going to go out there and do do what Andre Turney asked him to do, and if that's to go hit every player that moves when you get on there and have an energy shift, he'll do it. If it's to be a, have a skill shift with Byfield where you guys possess the puck for a minute and you kill their line, 
then that can happen too. You know, every player on this roster is skilled and it's the same at the Olympics, but at certain times, you know, Corey Perry and Ryan Getzlaff had to shut down the opposing team's best players. And they didn't take it as a slight that they weren't told, Hey, go score a goal tonight. They were told stop the other team. They embraced it. And the best teams at this tournament have that. And Dawson Mercer is not a player I'm worried about doing that. I think there's a couple, I kind of worry about Perfetti. If they ask if he's told to not be an offensive threat, because I don't think he's a good enough defensive player, but Mercer's a guy that's going to be a great team player and just do what's necessary to get the win that night. The 13 forward last night was Ryan Suzuki. He didn't get much ice time. First round pick to Carolina, but with Doc out, he should be getting a regular shift unless they decide to insert Tomasino. But like I said, with Doc out, it opens a hole. So Suzuki will likely be in their opening, opening day roster against Germany on boxing day. So, you know, we, I haven't seen him play yet, so I can't really tell you much about him, but he, he's going to get a look that might mean that we see, I hope one thing I hope Canada does not do docs out. I do not want Turney to break up the line of Holloway, Newhook and Peltier. That is going to be the shutdown line. And I want him to stick with that line. I'd move up Peyton Kreps myself to play with cousins and Quinn. Um, Maybe he'll put Mercer there just because he brings something different, which I'm fine with. But, you know, I think Peltier with Newhook and Holloway, you get the two NCAAers, and then you get Peltier, who can add that offensive touch. And I think, again, can be the shutdown line. But it'll be interesting to see what Turney does. They did, they're going to practice tomorrow. So obviously, there'll be different line combinations and everything. So I'll, uh, we'll see then. But uh, obviously, a huge hole for Canada. It's something they're going to have to adjust to on the fly. So let's move to the defense. Let's start with returning Bowen Byron. He's the fourth overall pick in the 2019 NHL draft by the Colorado Avalanche. He, he is the future of the NHL. We see these young defensemen that come into the league and they got all the offensive prowess in the world. I think of a kid, Quinn Hughes, when I think of Bowen Byron. He has similar skill set to Quinn. He's not the biggest guy in the world, but the way he plays the game, the way he skates, he's always a threat. And I think he could be a future Norris Trophy winner in the NHL. He, the, the Norris Trophy doesn't go to the best defenseman anymore, and I don't think Bowen Byron is the best defenseman. When it comes to defending, I don't think he does it at a high level. But offensively, he's going to be a threat every time he's on the ice. You're going to see him man the power play. He was last night. I think he'll have a lot of points for Canada at this tournament as a returning player. I expect him to, but also he's just too damn good not to, he's going to have an effect on team Canada's wins. And like I said, he went fourth overall Colorado knows what they're doing. Joe Sackick drafts good players and he's building quite a system there in Colorado. They already have a great team and I could see Byron playing this tournament and making the Colorado roster, even with their great talent on defense. So uh, look out for Bowen Byron. He'll be a player to watch in this tournament. His D partner is Jamie Drysdale. He's a first round pick in the 2020 draft. He's a returning player as well. He played last year. He was the seventh defenseman. Did not get a lot of ice time early in the tournament. But in the semifinal, actually, Byron was sick. He could not play. So Drysdale actually got a regular shift and he got a regular shift in the gold medal game. He, he's... He was a blooming star last year. He's only gotten better since. Obviously, he hasn't played since March, but he's got Canada's only goal last night. I think Byram and him will be their, their offensive touch when it comes to defensemen. But Drysdale can defend as well. I think he's really – he could end up being one of the best picks in the draft by the Ducks. I think this past draft was, was a really good draft when it comes to talent. But Drysdale has it all. And I, I, I think he'll have a great tournament. I'm a huge, huge fan. I think Anaheim, you know, they're known for drafting good D. You know, they've lost a lot of them over the years. You know, they still have Cam Fowler. But, you know, Hampus Lindholm was a good pick. Sammy Vatnin at the time really was a good defenseman. And I see Jamie Drysdale going down the same linear path where he can have a huge success in the NHL. And I, I, I've been saying this, but with the pandemic year, 
there's likely going to be no OHL, no WHL. The Q, I think, will come back, but it keeps getting pushed back, the O and the WHL start date. So with Anaheim being a poor team, I think Drysdale gets a look. He's going to go to camp. I think he'll get a look after this tournament to play in the NHL this year. Why not? You know, I, I, Anaheim's going to be a bottom feeder. Why not put him in there and play a kid? I, I That's obviously to be determined, but he, he'll play a big role for Team Canada. Their second D pair features one of my X factors, defenseman Thomas Harley. It's the first round pick of the Dallas Stars. And I like to promote players that aren't, you know, offensively gifted or maybe stat sheet darlings. But Thomas Harley just, just plays the game really well. He makes simple, simple plays, but they're not so simple because great let me repeat that. Great defensemen sometimes can't make them. You know, I think of Eric Carlson. I think Eric Carlson is one of the most overrated players in the history of the NHL. He's a two-time Norris Trophy winner, which is baffling to me. And the only reason he won them is because he can score points. Defensively, he is horrid. Horrid. And, you know, me and my friend Dawson, you know, he's a Sens fan. I told him that he was going to break down. I told, I told him Carlson's going to break down. He's going to be a terrible hockey player. And he basically told me, no way. And then it happened. And of course, I like to be right. So I said, I told you so. But it, Harley just, he's not a defensive defenseman because he can add an offensive touch. He went in the first round for a reason. But like I said, people need to adapt to their roles. And Thomas Harley will do that with no, with no problem. He's just, he's a player to watch out for in this tournament. And I'm a huge fan of him. I think he's an X factor for team Canada. And, uh, you know, the defense is a second last line defense for the goalies. And he's a good guy to have in front of a goaltender playing with him is Braden Schneider first round pick of the Rangers in this past draft. He's a, he kind of fell a bit in the draft. The Rangers got him obviously they picked Lafreniere first. So he was their second pick a really solid defenseman. I think, this could be the shutdown pair for the team. And uh, he, he's going to, he's going to, I don't think he'll have a huge impact on the tournament, but a good defenseman, another first round pick. So, you know, pencil that in as a good, as a good choice. Third D pair features Montreal first round pick Caden Gooley. His name might sound familiar because the Toronto Maple Leafs had a chance to draft him in the first round. Instead, they took Rodian Amirov, who we'll see play for uh, the Russians. But Gouli went to Montreal a pick later. He's, I think he's a really good player. And he's on their three D pair because they're so deep. But he's he's playing with Justin Barron, who plays for the Mooseheads. But he he's big. He's confident. Um, Montreal made a good selection. And I, I expect... I expect all three D pairs to play quite a bit. And the reason I say that is because Byron and Drysdale will likely get a lot of power play time, but I think they're going to get a lot of extra minutes because there's a lot of penalties called the world juniors at these double IHF, the refs blow a whistle at everything. So you're going to need these defensemen to play a lot. And Barron and Gouli are used to playing a lot of minutes, you know, outside of the world juniors. So uh, this line, it could be a first line D pair for Canada as easy as it is the third. And like I mentioned, Justin Barron, first round pick of the Colorado Avalanche for last year's, for last year's season, he was projected to go in the top, you know, 15, possibly top 10 at one point, but he got a season ending injury. Didn't really get to show his stuff. And he fell to 26 to Colorado and Colorado scooped him up. And I think he's going to be a steal. He's a great, great player. Moosehead's captain right now. And, you know, Colorado, I'm never going to worry about them when it comes to drafting, you know, developing players because Joe Sackick knows what he's doing down there. And they, they know, yeah, Colorado's just a great organization. And uh, Justin Barron, I think, can man the second power play for Team Canada if they need, I think he will. And he's got an offensive game, he's got a good shot. We can get pucks through. I think he'll, he'll be a threat. Um, the fourth, you can dress AD in this tournament. So I know my dad would probably cringe seeing that, but the fourth D pair 
features Caden Korzak, a first, uh, first, a second rounder of Vegas, sorry, and Jordan Spence, a third rounder of LA. So Spence uh, currently plays for the Wildcats. Uh, he's he yeah, he's from Australia originally, then moved to PEI. So you might know the name, and I'm, we mentioned him on a podcast uh, last week. But he's a he's a solid player, and uh, I he played a little bit last night. Him and Schneider have been kind of switching positions in practice every other day. So you never know. We may see Jordan Spence move up into the lineup when the tournament starts. But as of right now, he's he's on that final D pair. But he brings an offensive touch that the team may want. So don't be surprised to see Jordan Spence get some additional ice time. Maybe it's a change mid-game because they're on the bench. But Spence definitely, I think, will have an impact on this tournament by the time it's over. Um, and then we go to, to the net, net minor position. I mentioned they had five players that are not first-round picks on this roster. Korzak and Spence are two of them. And the three others are goalies. Um, we got last night's starter, Devin Levi. He's a seventh-round pick. He, you know, he's a good player. Uh, he he had a, he played junior A last year. He's, he's going to Northeastern, hasn't played a game yet this year. And he got a shutout last night, so you can't ask for more. I think he'll start against Germany. He did nothing to you know, kind of worry the coaching staff or worry them about you know, what he brings to the table. But he really doesn't have much, um, sorry, much Hockey Canada experience. And... Well, no goalie does really. Uh, Dylan Guerin, who backed up last night, he played at the Ivan Olenka, which is a tournament in the summer. Basically, it's a, it's a you go to the Ivan Olenka the year before you try out for the World Junior. So it's an under 17. And he, he's gone to that tournament. But these goalies, they have no real footprint. And obviously, not playing this year hurts every goalie. I heard Bob McKenzie make this point where, you know, Joel Hofer and Nico Doss, the top two goalies at last year's World Juniors, they weren't even invited to the summer camp. But because they had such dominant seasons in the OHL and WHL respectively, they were clear cuts to make the team. You know, these guys didn't have that opportunity this year to either prove one way or the other. So they're coming in just based off of, you know, kind of name, uh, rec name recognition and stuff they did in the past. So, like I said, Levi got a shutout last night against the Russians, who sh should be one of the better teams in this tournament. So that's nothing to sniff at. But this goaltending, you know, can win or lose you World Juniors. You know, Mark Vizantine, I think, cost Team Canada a World Junior gold medal because of his poor play. They should have won. You know, they had that collapse where Evgeny Kuznetsov came back, you know, third period, and the Russians stole a gold medal in 2012. But the, this team... I think their D can help the goalies a lot. Box out players, you know, don't let them get high quality scoring chances. And Levi, like I said, he had a good game last night. I expect to see Levi and Garen both play. They play back to back. They play a boxing day and then the 27th. So I think both goalies will get a start, but uh, expect Levi to be, the, to be named the starter tomorrow for Team Canada. So I mentioned that you know, their schedule and they got Germany on the boxing day, 27th. They play Slovakia, the 29th, they play Switzerland. Then they finish against Finland on new year's Eve. So they're playing in a much easier division and it kind of worked out. They won the tournament last year. So you get the easier division and also just some upsets. We saw the Swiss go deep in last year's tournament and the Finns went deep as well. And, on the opposite side, it's really the group of death. We got Russia, the United States, Sweden, the Czech Republic, and then the promoted this year, Austria. And Austria doesn't have a chance in hell of you know getting a, getting a win in that division. But you know, Sweden and the U.S. are both compromised. Sweden's missing their entire coaching staff. They had to hire new coaches on the fly. Uh, they lost players to COVID get COVID before they could fly into Edmonton. So they're not eligible to play um, USA as well. Returning player, Bobby Brink was supposed to come back. He's not going to be there. Um, so it hurts us, but you know, the States should have a great team. And, but you know, for Canada, they're going to have to play. I expect them to finish first 
in their group. I think they'll beat Finland. I expect both teams coming that game 3-0. They'll beat Cleveland on uh, – sorry, Finland on uh, New Year's Eve. And then they'll play – they'll be in the 1-4 and four game against you know, Sweden, Russia, U.S., or Czech. And that's a tougher matchup, but Canada's suited to play anybody, and I'm not too worried about them. But just looking looking at it, I think Canada will play the Czech Republic in the quarterfinal. You know, the Czechs don't have as strong a team as they have in past years. You know, they don't have the David Pasternak. They don't have the Lucas Reichels. They don't have, yeah, they don't have those players that can really help them a, a lot. So I expect Czechs to finish fourth. I don't, Sweden hasn't lost a preliminary round game at the World Juniors in, I think it's seven tournaments, something, something crazy, maybe long, maybe 10, but they, they, I think they will lose at least once. I think the USA will beat them. I think Russia could also give them a run for their money. Uh, but I think, I think the US will finish first in the other group and likely face uh, probably Germany. You know, they're missing some players uh, due to COVID as well. And they're only getting out of quarantine today, Team Germany. So they had eight players test positive. They've been in quarantine for over a week. They get out of quarantine today. They play tomorrow against Finland. And then they get to play Canada on Boxing Day. So talk about a fuck you to Germany. They get one day of practice, no exhibition games, nothing. And then they have to play the two best teams in their group. So they're really in a tough spot um, to start this tournament. And it may... With them missing some key players, you know, Tim Stutzler, the third overall pick uh, by the Ottawa Senators, he's really going to be focused on. So it may be harder for him to have the turn, uh, have a great tournament with everybody focusing on him and just trying to shut him down. But yeah, I think Canada plays the Czechs, they'll beat them. Um, and then the semifinal, I see them playing probably Sweden and I think they'll beat the Swedes. They'll play Sweden there, and they'll meet the U.S. in the gold medal game. Um, and I expect them to beat the U.S. in the gold medal game. But I think it'll be a Canada-U.S. The last time Canada played U.S. in the gold medal game was the tournament in Montreal. I was at that final. It um, was one of the most heartbreaking losses that I've ever seen. Like, like you guys know, I'm not a fan of any team. I root for this. The one team when there's Canada, I root for them. So I'm going to, I have a vested interest in this tournament of who wins when it's Toronto versus Montreal. I could give a shit. Any other sport, I don't care, but I was there Canada, U S it was a fantastic game at the bell center. It was electric in there. We went through a whole period of overtime, 20 minutes. Nobody got the winner. And the game was decided in a shootout. And it was so uh, – a game ending in a shootout, it should never happen. I don't care if it's a regular season game. Have it be a tie rather than a shootout. A shootout is a gimmick. I hate it. I, I really hate it. I, there's a couple things I hate about hockey. I hate the shootout. I hate, I hate uh, offside and a goalie interference review. I don't think there should be any review at, of any kind. Because if you if you have officials on the ice there to do a job and they can't do it right, then hire new people or get the incompetent people the hell out of there. And this U.S. won it in a shootout. I remember going out, just hearing fans yell expletives, and including myself. And I, I think Canada will avenge that loss and beat the United States this year and take home their second their second straight gold medal. And um, if I look at this team, no Kirby docs, that really hurts them. But I think you could see a Bowen Byram take home tournament MVP, possibly Dylan Cousins. Those would be my two players to look out for with Canada. I don't see them giving tournament MVP to a team that lost unless it's really fantastic. Like I know in, in that year, Thomas Shabbat played for Canada. He went defensive. He won a defenseman of the tournament. He also won tournament MVP, but he was you know, out of this world great. So I don't know. That could always happen. 
but I expect Dylan Cousins or Byram to take home tournament MVP. But that's how I see the tournament going. But there's also, you know, there's all these other teams. And I kind of wanted to bring some players to your attention that you should watch and kind of be focused on for this tournament. And I'm going to start with Russia. And a couple of players I got here is Yaroslav Askarov. He played last year's tournament as a 17-year-old, and he was a little gun-shy. He didn't look ready. He was smaller, uh, smaller in stature, but also smaller when it comes to the weight room. And he, he struggled. He got pulled multiple times by head coach Valerie Bragan. And he, he had a rough tournament. And I think he, he lost some confidence because the rest of the year in the KHL, he didn't play great. But he's been playing all year in the KHL and has had incredible numbers. And he was drafted 11th by Nashville. Obviously, they've had Pecorino in between the pipes for years. But with him declining in play, getting older, and backup UC Saros not really working out, they decided to go after Askarov. And, you know, he was kind of touted as the next carry price when it comes to great goaltending. And you usually don't see goaltending drafted that high. The one other kind of outlier is Spencer Knight of the United States, who will start for them in goal. He was drafted 13th overall by Florida uh, to, uh, the year before. So Askarov, you know, let in one goal last night, but he looked solid, faced 30 shots, stopped 29 of them. I think he's going to, you know, he could, he could, you don't see goalies win a team, a tournament a lot recently, but if he plays great, he could push Russia into a gold medal game type situation. And you don't want him to catch fire. You want to score on them early. You saw that last year, Canada scored when they played the Russians in the gold medal game, they scored twice in the first five minutes and he was pulled. So Askarov is second year at the tournament. I think he'd be a lot more confident. He looked way more confident last night than that just with his movement and the way he handled himself. So Askaross, a player to watch, and uh, obviously Nashville will be watching too, hoping that they have a future stud in between the pipes. Also on uh, Russia, third year, third time at the World Juniors, he'll, he's their captain, Vasily Pukholzin. And Pukholzin, he's a first-rounder of the Vancouver Canucks. Last year, he had a good tournament. He had seven points. He's kind of a... He's a thick player. He kind of he reminds me a little bit of Yarmir Yager. He doesn't have the ass to protect the puck, but he he really he can possess the puck. He's he's a good passer, and I think there's a little bit there's a lot of pressure on him to play well here. He's 19 now. He's you know his name has been out there for a long time. He's playing for SK St. Petersburg, the top uh, KHL team over in Russia. So it's unknown when he will come to Vancouver. You know, he hasn't even attended a camp because he's under contract in Russia. But anytime you see him play, he's going he's gonna to shine over here. And I think he's going to have a lot of pressure to play well. Obviously, being the captain, Russia has, a, has won one gold medal in the last 17 years at the World Junior Tournament, which is really hard to believe. They brought some really talented players and some really good rosters, you know, the likes of Andre Vaskaleski in between the pipes, you know, he's, he was a young goaltender like Askarov. He was pulled in his first world juniors played in three. Um, and uh, Pokolzin, he's going to lead the Russians, but you know, the Russians also made another significant change and that's, they promoted head coach of the past eight world juniors, Valerie Bragan, who's actually going to coach Russia at the uh, Olympics in 2022 at the winter Olympics, but their new junior head coach is Igor Larionov. You know him from playing in the NHL, being a really good, really, really good player. And he's going to bring a new energy. You know, I think Valerie Bragan, he was a player, he was a coach, sorry, that really loved 19-year-olds and he would only bring 19-year-olds to the tournament. They could, Askarov was an outlier that he brought, but he really never gave Askarov a shot because he would let in a goal and Askarov would be out of net instantaneously. So um, you're going to see uh, Liriana on the bench, just kind of a fresh look for Team Russia, which I think is refreshing. Um, I'm going to miss seeing Valerie bragging because he's kind of interesting on the bench. I don't think he speaks much English, but he's always kind of fun. He's always yelling at players. And, but Lirionov seems to gel better with the players already. They've said that. And 
Um, him having some North American history, he's also just a, a person that you know. So uh, I look forward to seeing Yuri Larionov uh, behind the bench for, for Team Russia. Now for Austria, now you're probably thinking Austria, they know you promoted Austria, but ninth overall pick of this past draft is Marco Rossi. He's head coach of team of, he's a sort of team captain of a team Austria. And he, he plays for the Ottawa 67s. He's the captain there, but this kid's a stud. He's a scorer, scoring machine. And I don't think Austria will do much in the tournament. But watch Team Austria just to see Marco Rossi play. You know Austria is not very good, and he's going to play a ton. So you're going to see a lot of him, and he's just a special dynamic player. He can finish at the net. He's a great passer. And, you know, going ninth overall, that's nothing to sneeze at. Um, and, you know, Rossi's going to going to be a threat for years to come, drafted by the Minnesota Wild. And um, he – he just brings something different. I think for, for a bad team, you're going to see Marco Rossi. The same can be said for Team Stutzla with Germany. Germany's mi- missing Lucas Reichel. He was a played in the tournament last year, a really good uh, first-round pick in the NHL. So he got COVID, couldn't come. But Stutzla and Rossi are similar because they're be- going to be playing for teams that may not make it far into the medal round, if at all. But they're... They're going to be intriguing to watch because I think both of them, you know, one went third, one went ninth. So you're going to see both of them kind of go see what they can do following their draft year. But I think that for Rossi, he he's going to be expected to do a lot on a bad team. And he's playing against Russia, U.S., Sweden, the Czech Republic. So I think this also is going to show you what he's made of. You know, they're going to throw everything at him. I think they're going to – it's going to be like you know, doubling a wide receiver in football. You know who's got that big X before the game. The coach is going to say, we're not going to let Marco Rossi beat us tonight. If they, if Austria, the rest of them beat us, that's fine. But I think it's going to show him as a player what he's got inside of him. And for same thing for Stutzla, I think he will be double, triple teamed. And for these two players, it'll be interesting just to watch how they handle that. If their frustration, if, they, if it boils over for them, if they start taking stupid penalties – and both of them are used to scoring and being effective. So uh, an interesting watch for both these players. Like I said, both just drafted. So keep an eye out for those two. Um, I added a Canada player just for fun. I said Byram. I mentioned him earlier. But he's he's a – I think he's going to be must-watch television. I won't go much because I talk, I won't go much into Byram because I talked about him earlier. But I wrote him down again. I must just be not that big of a fan of him offensively. I think he – just adds a lot, and he's a, a superb player. Um, Team USA, Cole Caulfield. You know, this he's kind of an interesting story because he's a smaller guy, only 5'9", 5'10", and he was really kind of passed over in the draft, and he wasn't looked at as a great prospect because he was so small. But he, you know, he's playing NCAA, lighting it up last year before the pandemic. And I think he'll play a key role for Team USA because he can score like nobody else in this tournament, really. Uh, In their one pre-tournament game against the Finns, he scored two goals in 35 seconds. And that can happen any time for him. He's really good at kind of hiding, getting in front of the net. I kind of see him uh, as a better version of Connor Garland. I think of Garland when he played for the Wildcats, he – you know, he's a small guy, kind of a ratty player, and he wouldn't get to the dirty areas because he'd get his ass kicked, but he knew how to stay far enough away to get the puck and be able to laser beam at top shelf if he needed to. And I think Caulfield is going to have similar opportunities. He's a fantastic player, and I, I, uh, I, think, I think he'll have a big impact for Team USA. I think, like I said, I think Team USA will get to the uh, gold medal game against Canada. And he'll be a big catalyst for that, along with another player I'll mention from Team USA is Arthur Kaliev. He's played in the OHL for the Hamilton Bulldogs, and he's just a flat-out goal scorer. And he scored over 40 two years ago, and I think he'll score over 40 again uh, whenever he gets to another level. But he's just a phenomenal – like, Kaliev 
is a fun player to watch. And I think him along with Caulfield could do some real damage at this tournament. And I, you know, Spencer Knight and Dustin Wolf, arguably two of the you know second and third best goaltenders in this tournament behind Askarov. Team USA is a threat to beat Canada. And if they can get some, if they can not make stupid mistakes, you know, we've seen the Americans in tournaments past just take stupid penalties. You know, we've seen some of their great players play like Jake Vertan and did in this tournament where, you know, they're supposed to be leaders and they just act like jackasses out there. But, you know, I think they're going to come in this term with a different mentality of, you know, who knows when we're going to get it to play again. So let's just make the most of it and try to win. Um, that brings me to Team Sweden, Lucas Raymond. He's a, an, another first-round pick by the New Jersey Devils. Uh, he's, he's a really interesting player. Him and Alexander Holtz on this team for Sweden are the two players really to watch. But Raymond is just skilled. He's really a smooth skater. He is kind of Forsberg-esque in the way that he plays the game because I think he can score and find people on the ice. And he could have went really high. You know, I think he could have went higher in the draft. He went seventh, obviously went high. I think he could have went higher than that. But with some injury trouble, I think some people were a little worried about him. But, you know, New Jersey has got a good player here. And he should bring some versatility and just some skill to this lineup where – Sweden's going to be missing some players due to COVID. They're missing Thomas Motten, their head coach. So they need their players who have played here before and have played in big stages playing in the Swedish Elite League against high grade competition to really step up. And I think Lucas Raymond will do that and just have an immediate impact on the team and the tournament. With and this tournament has some damn good players. Really, every team's got a player you could mark and say, you know, he's an X factor here. But I like Lucas Raymond. And, you know, I'll mention too, I forgot to mention on Team Russia before we close out, Rodian Amirov. And I'm going to mention him just because he's a Leaf pick. And yeah, I'm doing this for all the Leaf fans out there. I've, I've heard from people I'm too hard on the Leafs, but that's neither here, neither here or there. That's going to continue. If you play bad, then I'm going to say that you're bad. That seems fair to me. But Amirov, I remember, you know, I'm just – Taking this from my own household, Amirov was taken. My dad was freaking out that they didn't draft. Like I mentioned, Caden Gooley, because he said, you know, Amirov would never make the team and this and that. So that's just my father's perspective. But Amirov, he's, I think he's going to, he's going to be an X factor in the tournament. He's a, can score goals. He should be playing on Russia's top line. So you're going to see him play against good competition, but he's a, He's a good player. He's going to be, he can finish. He, he he's he going to add a physical game for Russia playing on the top line. He's got that bite to his game. He's been playing for SKA St. Petersburg, the top team in, in the KHL. And, you know, obviously he's not playing huge minutes being only 18 years old, but he's, he's dangerous. And in this tournament playing against his peers, he should, he should be a player that breaks out. And I would be surprised to see him really have a great tournament when it comes to leading point getters and, uh, you know, all the Maple Leafs fans on Twitter, I'm sure will be having a different uh, mindset after the tournament. That doesn't mean he's going to be a good NHLer. You know, we've seen so many players at this tournament that were great that didn't turn out to be great. You know, Justin Pogge is a clear example. I remember watching him thinking, wow, this, this guy's going to be a stud. The Maple Leafs took him in the second round. He was a bust. You know, he was never seen from again. Then, you know, Mark Visentine, I remember Connor Ingram, the netminder for Canada as well. He was a guy coming into the room like, this guy is going to be such a good player. And he's playing in the East Coast Hockey League. So it's, it's such a hit or miss thing, this tournament. You know, Ryan Ellis, I think people thought he was going to be good, but he's really small. He's one of the most underrated defensemen in the NHL. So he's a player that came here, dominated, and he's, he's been rewarded for that. You know, Taylor Hall, Jordan Everly, two really great world junior players have had great careers. So you can have a great career. You can be a bust, but in this tournament, you only need them to be good for you for this amount of time. And I think when Amirov, Caulfield, Askarov, Rossi, Stutzla, Puckholzen, the players I've mentioned, they're going to be pivotal in this tournament. I expect them all to be good. And if they're not, then their team likely won't go as far because he's because they're pivotal to their team's success. But tournament kicks off tomorrow. 
should be a lot of fun. The game of the day tomorrow will definitely be the U.S. and Russia. It's a 10-30 start. The Swiss are going to play uh, Slovakia tomorrow. So that's another game. And also tomorrow we got Germany and Finland. So a good slate of games. Uh, every team is – it's just – I love watching it. You know, it's like it's the best tournament in the world. Saturday we got Sweden-Czech Republic at 3 o'clock. Team Germany against Team Canada. That's a seven o'clock game. Every Team Canada game is at seven o'clock. So that's just something to keep in mind. Um, they play the 26th, 27th, 29th, and 31st. So every Team Team Canada basically doing home back to back than every other day. But Team Canada is going to bring bring home a gold medal. But I'm going to be talking about every game. And it's going to start Sunday. You know, they, they play their first game Saturday. Sunday morning, I'm going to jump on here, talk about the game, talk about certain players I really like, disliked, and just news and notes from around the tournament. So that's going to happen throughout the entire World Juniors. And then the hockey coverage will continue with the NHL starting January 13th. It sounds like all Canadian teams will be able to play in their markets and the uh, NHL announced today. So it should be all systems go for the NHL to start uh, two weeks from Wednesday, the puck will drop. So there really won't be that much of a break. This tournament ends January 6th on a Tuesday. The next Wednesday, the NHL will start. So there's a lot of good hockey coming. This tournament will be will take up a lot of my time going forward. But before I sign off today, I just want to say I've been doing this for a little over a month. And I really appreciate the people that have you know reached out and told me that they're enjoying it and you know, that they're listening, who have shared stuff on social media. Uh, yeah, I really appreciate it. I honestly do from the bottom of my heart. Um, I love doing this. You know, it's not, it's not really a job to me. I get to talk about the thing that I love most in life other than my mother and father and sister, of course, but other than them, you know, this sports is, is my first love. And, and I, it, it's just a privilege to be able to do this and forever, whoever's listening, just thank you. Thank you for being a part of this. Um, I won't take up too much more of your time today. I just want to say uh, happy holidays to everybody and uh, stay safe. Have fun with your families over the break and we'll talk soon.